What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rose, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined as always on the other side of the mic by Derek Terry, the Cats Paws, who is so fortunate to be sitting at home tonight. Kentucky's off now to the worst start in 20 years, and I think a lot of times, Derek, in past years when they struggled their way through it, you could kind of see some some hope. Uh, right now, I don't know. Yeah, it was a bad night. Um I think we need to point off right from the top that Georgia Tech had lost to Georgia State and Mercer this season. And um, they came out and kind of obliterated Kentucky, <laughs> especially in the second half. I ended up about scoring them about 10. I think they got about 20 at one point, maybe even a little bit more than that. Um, but, Sean, where it starts and ends this game was turnovers. Uh, Kentucky committed 21 turnovers. And, and you're not talking Apple. No, nope, not not a good uh, <laughs> apple turnover you could get from McDonald's in the drive-thru. This was uh, 21 versus six turnovers for Georgia Tech, and and Georgia Tech made the most of those turnovers. I mean, they did a lot of good things. They scored 33 points off that. So that's just uh, you're not going to win doing that. Um, and even though there were some positives, which we'll get to, Sean, I just think um, – I'm about ready to write this team off, and maybe you'll say, Derek, that's stupid. It's four games in. I'm just telling you, the way that this year is with COVID, they're one shutdown away from this thing never getting off uh, and never figuring this thing out. Um, they already had the misfortune of not really getting to have a normal off season where they could get to know each other. Um, there are some different factors for this team that haven't taken place in other years, and I'm telling you, when I look at this team, it uh, I don't know if this is even rock bottom yet. Well, they've uh, have they driven to every? No, did they fly to Indy? Yeah, they did, didn't they? I think I know they bust down here. It would be odd to fly to Indy and then bust and then bust Atlanta because I was about to say it's not gotten off the runway at all this season, and not even not just a plane, but this team hasn't either. Uh, how bad's Morehead State? Will be you know, <laughs> it'll be my question because they've been uh, Kentucky pretty looked, bad. The, yeah, they've been pretty bad the whole time Spradlin's been there. But so. I'll say this though, and the turnovers. <sighs> 21 of them, 33 points. When you look at the rebounding, uh, Georgia Tech, I don't, I don't have the – I'm trying to find the entire thing here. 23 rebounds is all Georgia Tech had mm-hmm. for an entire 40-minute basketball game, and they won it going away, 79-62. to 62. Let that sink in. Both teams had 67 possessions. Georgia Tech shot 60 shots. Kentucky shot 49. I mean, the numbers are right there in turnovers, and – you know, we talked about all the three-point struggles and the shooting struggles and all that stuff. Eric, we found out tonight that Kentucky's problems are deeper than that. They yeah, shot the ball tonight. They, they yeah, hit threes. And if they had done that against Kansas and Richmond, they probably win those games. But tonight was just – I don't understand. They they did at times set each other up for better looks. I will say that. 
But then again, just the lackadaisical turnovers. But my my problem is deeper than that too. My problem is they look like they don't care. They they have a bunch of guys out there, and I I hate saying that. It just looks like that nobody really understands that this isn't acceptable. Which are they supposed to? I mean, they're all new. But right now, if if Cal's the ones you know saying it's unacceptable, at some point these guys have to accept you know say that it's not unacceptable. The play that set the tone. And it was the first play of the second half was when Terrence Clark threw the ball away and it got deflected and he stood there and he I don't know if he thought the ball was going to go out of bounds. He Let's put it this way. He assumed it was going out yeah. of bounds instead of giving effort and then it led to a Georgia Tech break the other way right out of the gate where Kentucky had possession after they tried to make a run there late in the first half. Th- those plays like that, Derek, and then uh, you go across this, the board, why would anyone – ever play man-to-man against Kentucky at any point ever again this season if you just turn on the tape of what Georgia Tech did tonight? Yeah, um, if memory serves me correct, uh, don't John Calipari's teams typically always struggle against zone two, like not just this group, but isn't that kind of a common theme for his teams? They do. Um, Passes and stuff tonight, just guys are not in the right spot. They're... I mean, let's let's talk about this too. You know, Olivier Saar was supposed to be a leader for this team, and his numbers tonight were just, you know, let's just say it, it was pathetic. Uh, he was one of four from the floor. He had six points. Uh, how many rebounds? I'm trying to see three rebounds, and he played how many minutes? I'm not able to see it. Twenty nine, almost thirty minutes. It's not good, Derek. I mean, you can't you can't play. That much time. I, I do think that they maybe figured something out a little bit at point guard as far as who's going to run some things. I think Davion Mintz, he did have six assists tonight uh, to two turnovers. I feel like you know that's definitely an improvement. Devin Askew played a ton of minutes, and I still think that Devin Askew is going to be a very good player at Kentucky at some point. But he played 26, played 27 minutes, and I, I was telling Jack this. I said he didn't show up anywhere on the stat sheet. He took two shots. Uh, had two turnovers and one assist, and he played 27 minutes in a backcourt. Yeah. Not showing up anywhere. Yeah. Maybe you can go back and watch this and see it. To me, I think he's getting some open looks at times, but he's he not is. taking them. And he's not the only guy. There are other guys who are passing up, I think, what I would think are open looks. And well, bad things are happening when they're passing these shots up. They're driving in, they're throwing it away, they're turning it over, but – no, you're right about Askew. Watching it live, like I could tell you, was not playing well. But uh, you're right; he just didn't show up anywhere. Really, one rebound, one assist, one steal, two turnovers. D- so, I'm sitting there next to Jack tonight, and I don't know how many times me and him looked at one another and said, "Why didn't Why didn't Devin Askew shoot that ball?" Yeah, and and then it would follow with a turnover or a bad decision or something would go wrong. Uh, honestly, I think his role on this team is to shoot the basketball. I think that at some point that's going to be his role. Uh needs to be his role right now, honestly. And I still think that we're headed down a street where Terrence Clark's the point guard. I, I think you could see it as early as the Notre Dame game. I think that you're going to see him play the, the Tyreek Evans role and they're going to move it, put the ball in his hands a lot. Where would Kentucky have been tonight if not for his offensive flurry there in the first half where he scored a lot of his points? He looked great. He really did. I mean, he still has turnover problems. Like, he had four tonight and uh, three assists, though. So, I mean, he's not doing great things. He's turning it over. But, like, he uh, – his stroke actually looks pretty good, I think, whenever he shoots the ball. He, he's a guy who, I mean, maybe his numbers won't be great in college, but I think he's a guy at the next level. 
and again, I say that I know UK fans don't really give a damn right now about what these guys do in the NBA. Uh, they care more about what's happening right now. But uh, now I thought Clark had a really good night. And you're right. Without him, they would have struggled mightily because Brandon Boston Jr. was second on the team. He had 11 points. He finally hit a few threes. I guess we should point that out. After those two guys hadn't hit any threes at all this season, they combined to go six for 11 tonight. So it's pretty good numbers right there. And like we were saying earlier, I mean, for UK, eight for 19 is a pretty big shooting night <laughs> for this team. Yeah. And yet they still lost this game by 17 points. Uh yeah. I don't feel bad saying, I mean, they're, they're truly a terrible team right now. It doesn't mean that they're trying to stay a terrible team. Uh, they can get better. I think you certainly see room for growth. But you, you texted me during this when I was telling you how bad they were. And so you think they're eventually just going to play six players. And if you look at this bench line, uh, until Keon gets back, I don't – you might be right because they truly got – they got a little bit out of Toppin. Toppin. Toppin did some okay things. He played 11 minutes, didn't really mess up. Also only grabbed one rebound, though, in 11 minutes. But where – Nothing. Fletcher. Fletcher played one minute. Fletcher played well, fewer than anybody else out there tonight. I was about to ask you that. What What is he doing with Cameron Fletcher? He started a game two games ago, games and ago now start. and now you're playing a minute. Like, like what are you? What are? What? I just don't know what's going on, Derek. And the thing too, I've got I've got my hands on the panic button now. Just I think I'm actually pressing it. I, I might be sitting on it honestly right now. If I look and hard enough, it's probably there. And here's why. Cal's not making any sense. Like, Cal has a lot of times where he doesn't make any sense, but then at the end of the year it comes back and you're like, wow, that actually made sense. But right now Cal has no idea what he's even talking about because he talked tonight that he's got to start taking minutes away from guys that are making turnovers. Well, who do you want to play? Do you want to play uh, Zan Payne? Do you want to play Brennan Canada? Because right now it would be every single player that got significant minutes. Terrence Clark had four turnovers. So if we're going that route, don't play Terrence Clark. I think Cal's at a loss for words right now. And you saw it, you know, he jumps up out of his uh, press conference tonight, which I thought was a weak move. I just thought it was a weak move just because of the way they performed and the whole, I got to get on the bus, we got to get out of here. Well, Davion Mintz was still coming to the table at some point to talk, so I know they couldn't leave Davion Mintz in Atlanta. So I, what did you think about that? That's typical Cal. I mean, that's what he does whenever – and I don't even, I'm not even going to blast him, I guess, because in his defense, UK did say prior to the Richmond game that he wasn't going to be doing media. But I don't know. I feel like that isn't something that should have been set in stone because it does look weak whenever you send Joel Justice. I mean, Joel Justice has no business. Joel Justice doesn't make that kind of money to go out there and explain losses to Richmond, you know? So, uh, Cal, I mean, that's typical Cal. He's always got some kind of excuse when they're not playing well as to why he can't say something. Uh, I'll go and say, like, I just think his, uh, his style of building teams, like it's just, it's it's not working for him anymore. Um, even if I know college basketball is such a march-driven sport, the tournaments, all people care. Well, I, I shouldn't say that because at Kentucky, people care a whole lot about every single game. Yeah. And these last few years, going back to last year as well, playing awful for the first two months of the season, just in the hopes that you can figure it out by March, um, isn't great. And this team, more than it's been a while since it's been that bad. And and Roland, I thought Justin Roland made a decent point tonight. Like you could take 2012, 2013, because it was really their first bad year under Cal. And they had just won a title the year before. Whenever you have a team that, okay, they won the SEC last year, but honestly, who cares? Uh, Kentucky, who cares about winning the SEC? It's not a big deal. Um, whenever you lose basically your whole team off that group, that might've been a sweet 16 team. And then you have to deal with this this year. And in the back of your mind, you already know, no matter what, that Brandon Boston's gone and Terrence Clark is gone and Isaiah Jackson's probably gone. That's a hard sell to keep going 
And uh, I don't know if he's in the process of trying to change. Yeah, why wouldn't he be? Well, the way he's playing right now. If if he's gone, well, I, it would... who has that stopped in the past? Well, yeah, I guess if he wants to be playing somewhere where nobody's paying attention, then probably. <laughs> but but right now, it's certainly not the NBA. No, I, I agree uh, with you. Like, I thought that's what you were implying was the NBA. I'm sorry. You're right. We have had people go to Estonia. So I mean, at the same time. Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. So maybe he'll come back. I mean, as of now, like, would you put more money on Boston coming back or? Or going to the NBA. <laughs> I know where my money would be if I was guessing right now. Uh, on the NBA. Yeah, yeah. okay. So he's yeah. got he's got like three more months to figure this out, regardless, to help his draft stock because he's gone. So you got those three. And Jackson will probably leave, and he might make sense because he at least has some potential that he's shown thus far. Derek, I don't uh, think that at any point that we can assume that any scholarship player on this roster is coming back for another year. Yeah. Even I mean, that's the – and what if Jacob Toppin gets hot in the last two weeks of the season and decides now's the time? Now my stock will never be higher. I must go to the NBA. Well, and, you know, you actually you tweeted it tonight, too. Uh, where would Kentucky be with Johnny Juzang, Ashton Hagens, and E.J. Montgomery? And I quote tweeted, and I said they'd have three guys on the floor that understand that this isn't acceptable. And I think that's the biggest thing right now is they don't have anyone that says this isn't how it's supposed to be here. Like, who is going to be the one that takes it over and says, look, this is Kentucky. You don't play this way at Kentucky. There, There's no excuse for how bad that they've been. That, that's all I'm going to say. It, it's not a talent problem. They have plenty of talent. I think a lot of this is on Cal. I think a lot of this is on the players. There, there has to be a, a middle ground here, Derek, where they come together and figure this thing out because they're all, I think, making mistakes right now. Cal is more frustrated than I've ever seen him at times. Like, you can actually hear it when you're at games with no people in the stands. You can hear a lot of things happening, but where do they go from here? Do they beat Notre Dame next Saturday? Probably not. If they play the way they have the last three games, I'm going to say they don't win a a non-conference game outside of Detroit. Let's say Brad Calipari comes into Rupp Arena and lights them up. What happens then? It sounds crazy right now, but honestly it doesn't, right? I mean, can we assume that they're going to beat Detroit? They uh, They played Michigan State top, didn't they? Detroit? They did. Yeah. No, they. So, uh, oh, there's no question. They're really bad right now, um, and it's more so than other years. Like, I, okay, Clark was good tonight. So, who else was good though? Would you say anybody else was good tonight? Uh, no. Jackson rebounded at least. I mean, yeah, he, he rebounded. That's about it. Sar was really disappointing, like you said. Um, he got totally dominated by Moses Wright, uh, that kid. Took it to him. And, uh, yeah, they need Keon back, but at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and overhype a guy who averaged four points and three rebounds last season as being a savior for this team. But he would certainly help. I don't doubt that. But I don't know if he's going to be – I don't know if he's going to be the kind of guy that turns into a title contender or anything like that. So uh, That's exactly what I told Jack. I said, look, I said we're we're all kind of holding out until Keon gets back to kind of judge this team as a full-body picture here. I said, but – unless he is significantly improved and then significantly improved on top of however many weeks this has been with a calf injury, yeah. you're you're kind of to a point to where they've got to figure it out with the guys that they have. Uh, I don't want to say that I don't think this team can't be good, but I also I think I'm ready to say that this team can't be great uh, just because it's a weird year. Like, Something's going to happen that's going to shut them down or – 
cancel games and they're going to lose the time of development. I just don't think that this is the year where people can just say wait till March because I I don't think that that's the mailbag me, really opened my eyes yesterday when we were trying to figure out who team. this team who this team reminded us of and we couldn't find any team besides 2013 and that's when I looked at myself last night and said holy this might be bad. No, what I was going to say is uh two points. One this, they're young, we're young, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's 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 dumb, and Cal basically gets away with it every single year because they're typically – they typically turn out to be pretty good, so you can kind of mark it off as whatever. But this year when they don't look like they're going to be very good, you can't complain about it because this is how you choose to be. Number two, this complaining, I would say, or excuse-making, whatever you want to call it, that it's not fair to the team that they're having to play – Richmond and Georgia Tech. I mean, Cal, you're the University of Kentucky, and you're having to, pl- to complain about playing those two teams. Georgia Tech couldn't beat Georgia State or Mercer. Uh, I mean, that, how weak is that to be talking about how it's not fair to those guys that they shouldn't be playing these kinds of games? Like, who else are you going to play from a Power Five conference that is as bad and has been as bad under Josh Passner as Georgia Tech? I mean, that's ridiculous. Kansas is one thing, and even Kansas isn't that great, but at least they're a name, and, you know, Bill Self's a good coach. Um, but these other teams, give me a break. Come on. Here's a question. Jack's sitting behind me right now. Maybe he can help too. Did Kentucky dunk a ball tonight? Jacob Toppin. Jacob Toppin. Yeah. He dunked one. One dunk. Like, even that stands out to me. Is that crazy to think that nothing is easy for them right now? That they don't even get any easy baskets as far as dunks? They're not throw, have we seen Kentucky finishing lobs like they do in the past? At the rim. Like, we've not seen those plays. Uh, Terrence Clark did try to throw one tonight, but then Teddy Valentine decided to call. I have no idea what he called on that play. Uh, I don't know, Derek. I, I really think that we're kind of at a point to where, like I said, I'm sitting on the panic button now, and, you know, I'm eating a plate of crow right now because I said that this team was. Uh, I said they go to the Final Four, so I'm, yeah, I'm done. I, I, I'm just done. My football picks are awful this year, my basketball picks are. Probably worse, honestly, looking at how bad this team is. Well, it's just to a point to where I think that I'm, I sense fans, you know, fans have a lot of frustration. And there is a crowd out there now that you're seeing it, you know, the whole, you know, they're tired of Cal, they're ready for Cal to move on. You know, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that John Calipari doesn't need to be the head coach at Kentucky. But they're in a situation right now, like you said, and Justin Rowland put it out there tonight, choosing to being young's a choice. Yeah. And that's what's happening right now. I mean, they're they're significantly young. They're uh, no new faces. Well, and, then, and then too, Sar was like what I'm saying is the people that were supposed to be stars outside of Clark tonight who performed. BJ, we're still waiting on BJ Boston to to really do something. Uh, Olivier Sar, nothing tonight. Uh, Isaiah Jackson finds ways to impact games in more ways than one. He is their best player right now when it comes to. St- making an impact on the stat sheet in a positive way. I can't really say anything bad about Isaiah Jackson. Sure, at times he got bullied defensively, but who didn't? Honestly, Star wasn't much better. One. Yeah, and it was him, right? Block, yeah. Oh, my, I just don't realize that. Yeah. Cal said the defense wasn't a problem tonight. Hmm. Didn't Georgia Tech shoot 60-something percent in the second half? Yeah, and I don't know, Derek. I I don't know what. Here's a real question I have for you, and this is not me trying to run off Cal. It's not my. That's not what I do. It's not my job. 
Was the Calipari era ever supposed to be this long, though? 12 years. Like, this is just not sustainable, the way he does things, like, in terms of being a long-term, stable program. This kind of turnover, what is he, 11, 12 years into this thing, and you're having to play 10 new players? It's it's outrageous, honestly, that this is how the program is still being run. <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, and maybe he's trying to start it now. I don't know. If he is, then maybe we'll look back on this and just say it was kind of the growing pains. But until they prove to anybody that these kids aren't just going to bolt after their struggles regardless, then I just don't know how much longer people will put up, I guess, with watching really bad basketball for a few months in hopes that maybe things will get better in March. I think that we, we've reached a point this this coming week will be one of the most negative weeks in the, in the Calipari era just because of the way that football season went and you know, it wasn't a great football season, and now you're to a point where basketball is one and three, and it's it's a COVID year. I will say this: if Chris Mack doesn't beat John Calipari Kentucky this year, Louisville might want to just hang that game up because this <laughs> uh, this might be their best opportunity. But I, I don't know, Derek. This this isn't a normal year. Like this team, I would love to say that they're going to get it figured out by March, but who knows what March is going to look? How how many games are they going to get to play between now and then? Like right now, this isn't an NCAA tournament team. They played four games, but their resume is terrible. I mean, what what do they have to show for? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, do you think Georgia Tech's going to be in a bad loss by the time it's all said and done? Yes, 110%. So, uh, you don't the lose other two, to – The other two probably won't have too bad, but – You don't lose to Georgia State and Mercer and then get it figured out when you play – when Kentucky comes to town. That says more about Kentucky than it says about Georgia Tech. And yeah. that's the concerning thing. Like I, had they won this game, I would have been like, okay, you know, they're they're going to be fine. Had they lost, and here's the next thing: it wasn't even competitive. Like they made no, there was no run in them. That's the other thing. I should have, shame on me, I should have seen this coming when the Richmond game got away from them, because even Cal's worst teams didn't let games get away from them. Other than, you know, the Duke game was a blowout that year, but no games got away from them. They always made runs and put up a fight, even when they weren't playing well. This team doesn't do that. Like, this team had a lead against Kansas, blew it because of their poor offense. They let Richmond run out and pretty much blow them out late in the game, and then tonight they absolutely got ran off the floor in the second half. Those are the concerning things to me, Derek. They're, they're not even making a push in a fight to win these games. I need to go pull the second half numbers because they've been pretty bad the last three games. I don't. Maybe Kansas wasn't too bad because I think Kansas started to break into that lead by the end of the first half. But I mean, UK was up 13 last game though. Uh, do you have the lead time or anything tonight? I know I they had a different stat system than than what we normally use, and it was way worse. They're, so they're been, they've like, been outscored 129 to 94 in the second half during their last three games. So it's a minus 35 scoring margin. Yeah, so it's not going well for them after the break. And tonight was tonight was bad. It ended up they got outscored by 10 in the second half tonight. Gave up 45 points in the second half. The, so. the 2013 team is 15 to 20 points better than this team right now. It's I'm not. Sure it's not. It's not very hot. I, I just don't think that this team's very good. From everything that, that the thing that gets me is you're not seeing fight from them. And do they learn to fight in a year like this? I don't know. There's no fans to get them up, Derek. There's no crowd to kind of get them you know, get them going. Watch tonight would have been a lot of Georgia Tech fans in the crowd had there been fans because it was in downtown Atlanta. 
but they're having, you, they have to find a way to create their own energy. Cal has said it. They've all said it. Right now, where's the energy coming from? Who's the guy that's going to say this cannot be the way that this season goes? Davion Mintz talked to us tonight after the game, you know, and he says, you know, they're, they're really young and inexperienced. It's not really an excuse. They are young, but what this just feels different than those other years that where they've been young because even in those years it wasn't one and three. They weren't losing to Georgia Tech and and everything like this. Like yes, Evansville was a bad loss last year, but outside of Evansville, you know, they beat Michigan State. They they looked good. They just looked bad that one night. This has been a thing where they just they keep their offense has gotten worse. It hasn't gotten better. Like sure, yeah. the shooting, the shots were better tonight. The shots went in at times, but overall, their offense has not gotten better. It's gotten worse. Richmond, it was worse against Kansas than it was against Richmond. That's why they lost the Kansas game. And then third, I think it was worse tonight than it was Tuesday night. Yeah, was, the practice time did nothing to help them. It didn't look like on. I mean, they shot the ball a little bit better, like we said. But uh, I was gonna say something. Now I've already. The, they're going to see a ton of zone the rest of the way. There's no team going to sit in man-to-man against Kentucky, uh, which then, in in return, makes you wonder if that's going to affect Kentucky defensively because they're not even going to be playing man in practice because they're going to have to get a look from against zone. Uh, I don't know. The ball movement was better at times. I will say that. It's just the IQ right now and the decision-making, it's killing them. And I don't know. Like the – this feels like a team, Derek, that everything has to be playing well for them to be very good. Uh, in the past, Kentucky has been able to overcome some bad nights from someone because they had so many pieces that, that can kind of just take over a game. Right now, I think Terrence Clark has emerged as the guy, but can he do this thing on his own? I think we saw tonight that he can't. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be one of these things where a lot of people have to play well. Yeah, uh, like you were saying last year, you're right. They did beat Michigan State, and they at least, from what I remember, well, I remember for sure because I was at the Ohio, Ohio State game, but, um, you know, in some of those losses like Utah, they at least kind of battled back, made it a game. You know, they, a couple plays here or there, maybe they could have won those games. Whereas, yeah, like tonight, they're, they weren't <laughs> they weren't a few plays away from, from winning tonight. I mean, it was a pretty thorough Pretty thorough loss when you're getting beat by 20 by Georgia Tech or 17, whatever the final score ended up being. But there's nothing else I want to say about this game, Sean. I'm ready to turn the page and let them do whatever they want to say in practice or whatever and promise to be better Saturday, so we'll see. Well, I I tweeted it during the game. I would have turned it off if I could, but I was sitting there live and watching it. It's not like I can take the batteries out of the remote, you know, when you're sitting there watching it with your own two eyes. Um, just hey, let's a bad give a night. shout out because I watched I watched the end of this game during the halftime. Uh, the women's team without their head coach tonight, Kyrie Elsey, she was out with a non-related medical issue that wasn't COVID. They came back from double digits to beat Indiana, who was ranked number thirteen. Uh, Ron Howard got it going. So if Maybe you we guys talk about them much, this week, we should talk about them. We really should, and this is not being sarcastic. No, advice. it's not. They have like the number one potentially the number one pick in the WNBA draft. They have a very good team. Uh, we probably need to get Kyrie on the podcast if uh, she would be willing to do that. But they had a great win today, and uh, they they got a, they got a team that could seriously, I mean, contend for the first Final yep. Four in school history. 
You're right, and that wasn't me being sarcastic when I said that we should start talking about the women's team this yeah. week. I think we honestly might should dedicate an episode or two to the women's team because they're the team right now that kind of deserves the conversation. Uh, I leaned down and I told Jack tonight, I said, the women's team come back and won uh, yeah. without Coach Elsie. Uh Coach Butts did a really good job, you know, with her out there. And I, that's a fun team. Uh, I think that's a that's a team that I'm – their next game I'm catching it. Even if I'm sitting at a U.K. men's basketball game, I'm going to pull it up on, on something and, and watch it, Derek. Uh, but I don't think we have anything else to add. We got locked in the arena, if anybody wants to know. Like, we, we kind of had to play a game of escape because uh, – if Jack hadn't found the elevator, I'd still be sitting at State Farm Arena. Well, the, the real thing and the inside journalism thing is you're really not a sports writer until you get locked in. I can't tell you how many times I got locked in Cliff Hagen Stadium at the baseball place when me, Matt, I mean, that's Matt May. There was many times Matt May and I had to escape there together. Uh, it's just part of it, part of the gig. You're going to get locked in places, especially road places, that you like how you guys were in the night, how you don't really know how to get back out. Part of the gig, just part of it. What I was here thinking, Sean, is that – this might be a hard week of content with no football. I mean, we can speculate on the offensive coordinator stuff, but, like, there's not going to be any firm news there for Monday. a little bit. And basketball is not playing again for a week, and no one probably wants to hear about those guys anyway. I think tomorrow's episode will be dedicated to the Eddie Grant era. I think we're going to try to – we're going to break it down, the positives. And yeah. Eddie Grant was – we won't get into it on this episode. I'm going to save it. Uh mailbag episode Friday, but Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll have to figure out exactly. Maybe we could get Coach Elsie on the podcast. I might text Devin when I get off here and be like, hey, it's Sunday night. I need to have things in by Sunday night anyhow. Maybe he'll give us someone. And uh, hopefully for you Kentucky fans, next weekend will be better. If not, we'll still be here to kind of get you through it. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. Catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.